Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk Podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. Jenner, my brother. What's up, man? Yo, excited to be here. Ready to get this uh, coach of the year, oh, coach of the year, awards of the year started, you know? Jenner uh, trying, to, trying to jump the gate. He's trying to let y'all know what awards <laughs> are we doing today, man. Uh, I don't want to reveal them, reveal them, but, uh, you know, I just... I was just telling you, I was having a little conversation with my buddy LeBron, and he was telling me he's really excited for this because he, he loves the Clutch Talk Awards way more than the regular NBA awards. So, you know, he said, man, Junior, when we're going to get these uh, these Clutch Talk Awards out? I'm like, just relax, LeBron. We'll get them out when we get them out, man. Don't just don't relax, don't press LeBron-y. Don't press LeBron- me. Just watch LeBron. Great- LeBron was a, a he, he was a, a recipient of that award, a couple of his awards last season, man. So we'll see if, if he's, uh, he's in the running for this season, man. <laughs> yes, sir. But yes, sir, man. So that's what we got today, man. Today we got, uh, we're going over the season awards, man. We're going over the defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and coach of the year. So make sure you guys stay tuned for next week's episode. That's where we're, we're going to go over the highly coveted MVP, sixth man of the year, and most improved, man. So stay tuned for that. But uh, without no further ado, Jenner, as long as everybody has already liked the video, subscribe to the channel. And comment some down below. Let's jump into these uh, to these debates, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's start with the most boring category, the most boring award that is given out every single year. Let's start with Coach of the Year. Jenner, before we even get into this, tell me who you got. Who you got for Coach of the Year? All right. So it was between Tom Thibodeau, Monty Williams, or Quinn Snyder. And I knew for me it was really only between Williams and Tibbs. And that's not a no knock on Snyder, but he's got all the tools he needs to do what he did. And you can really make the same argument for Williams, especially since he has the tools and his team already missed the playoffs last year, meaning they had plenty of time to rest up. But Tibbs, it's his first year with the Knicks, which is extremely impressive. He doesn't have nearly the tools that that Williams or Snyder has, yet look at his team, right? Sure, it's an easier conference, but the proportions are not alike. The Knicks are not even close to the Suns or the Jazz on paper, right? So Tibbs had to overcome more to get to where he is. He propelled the Knicks into fourth spot in the East, which is uh, pretty impressive. That's the highest for any team not named Bucks, Sixers, or Nets. And he brought the Knicks to the playoffs for the first time since 12-13. So that's pretty impressive. And on top of all that, there's huge pressure when it comes to coaching a big market. And then look at New York, arguably the second biggest market in the country. And he did it. So huge props to Tibbs, and that's my coach of the year pick. What about you, John? Who do you got? Man, I got to agree with you on this, man. Tibbs came through and and – Honestly, the the reason why I have to go with Tibbs on this one is because let's look at the Knicks, man. Like at the beginning of the season, you know, if you if you, if you go back to the start of the season when we dropped the uh, the prediction of where where teams are going to be, where teams are going to fall into the seating, you know, I'm pretty sure you had the Knicks at like 12, and I had the Knicks yeah, in the last spot in the East, the man. Before. Exactly right. You know, sh- uh, you know, sh- shout out the homie Nick. You know, Nick had him making the playoffs, but. You know, both me and you and the majority of, of rational human beings that ha- had the Knicks at, sitting at the bottom of the East, man. But for Tom Thibodeau to be able to get him to the, you know, the fourth spot in the, in, in the East and without them having a real true star, you know, because it, it, in today's NBA, when you have a real true star who can just score at will, 
you're going to win a couple of games just off pure talent, but Tom Thibodeau does not have that. You know, you know, Julius Randle, he is a good player, but he's not scoring because he's so much better than everybody. He's that team is scoring and winning because they're a very well-coached team. And we right. know that, you know, usually the teams that are good on defense are very well-coached and, you know, the Knicks are, are definitely a top defensive team in the league, man. So I got to agree with you on this one, Junior. I got to go Tom Thibodeau on that one. Great. Great. No, definitely. tips for sure. Tips for coach of the year. Tiz, all right, go Tiz, man. But all right, so let's let's move on to the next award. Let's let's talk about this Rookie of the Year award, man. So it came down to the finalists between Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, Lamelo Ball from the Hornets, and Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves. So, Junior, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I know that most people are gonna lean towards Lamelo Ball, but I gotta swear with this one, man. I gotta go with Anthony Edwards, right? Okay. So i cannot discredit the fact that he played all 72 games like that yeah. right there to me is really the nail in the coffin and that right there does it especially in today's world where nba veterans or people who've been in the league for five plus years 10 plus years they don't play all 72 games yeah. and for anthony edwards to come in as a rookie do that and i i have this here written on my notes i have that i i think that if you were going to look at any of these awards as an individual award rookie of the year could be an award that you could look at and say you what did you what did you do for yourself rather than what did you do for your team because as we know like when rookies come in we we don't expect rookies to produce championships we don't expect rookies to produce unless you're tht right and if you're tht then we're expecting you to produce a championship Uh, (laughs) but so we don't expect rookies to produce championships we don't even expect rookies to produce playoff runs, but for, and for Anthony Edwards to come in and of course, you know, he didn't push the, 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 the Timberwolves to a playoff run or even a playing run, but he himself individually put the team in the map. And as a rookie, you know, we know something that's important is stability. And I think out of all these, all these rookies, Anthony Edwards had the least amount of stability, you know, so much was going on with Carl Anthony, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and, D'Angelo Russell, and them missing so many games. And with the head of the team, two star players missing, it's only bound to affect other players and, and the organization down the line, man. So that's why I think that Anthony Edwards gets more scoring opportunities, though. Which is why, he, and he took advantage of that, which is why he led all rookies in scoring at 19 points per game, four, four, rebounds, uh, four rebounds per game, three assists, shot 41% from the field, 32% from, from three, man. So I, I think that. If you look at individually what each of these players did between Tyrese and Mello and Anthony Edwards, I got to give it to Anthony Edwards, man. You know, he's a slasher. He had, definitely has a dunk of the year. And out of all the rookies, he has the highest scoring game, man. He has that 42-point game against, against, the, uh, against the Grizzlies, man. So I got I to gotta give it to Edwards. But, Junior, what, what are you feeling on this one? He's, he, no, Edwards is a good pick for sure. Uh, and just before I start moving into my points, I want you to keep a, hold on to that point about uh, playing all 72 games when we start talking uh, about <laughs> okay. that in mind. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, but, but, uh, but I had to go with LaMelo Ball, actually. So at the beginning of the season, it was LaMelo Ball, and it wasn't even close. Then Edwards really started closing the gap, and actually I think maybe even took the lead there for a little bit. Um, but ultimately, all three rookies missed the playoffs, but Mello really nearly got the Hornets in, you know, and who knows, maybe if he doesn't get injured, maybe they don't, they don't end up in a play in, you know, maybe, or maybe they're seventh or eighth seed, so they get two shots rather than just one, you know, at staying in. Uh, but his impact has been tremendous, man. 16 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. I know that Edwards outscored him in 19 points a game, but he still holds, but LaMelo still holds the lead in these other two uh, categories over Edwards. 
And really, you know, I know that it's really nice that that Edwards played all 72 games. I, you know, me, I always applaud availability. Um, but not really Melo's fault. He got injured. So I don't want to hold that against him too much, you know, and, and for all those reasons, you know, I have LaMelo ball as my rookie of the year. I just think the way that he initiated and conducted that Hornets offense was really, really good. Uh, it was great to watch. You know, there were the Hornets general, they were like everybody's like second favorite team pretty much just because they were, they were so, so much fun to watch. And I think part of that was due to LaMelo ball's impact on the team. Um, and honestly, man, like I had him missing the playoffs by, by quite a bit actually when I was doing my, my preseason prediction and technically yeah, they missed the playoffs, but they, they at least got in the play-ins. I would, didn't even have them there. So um, I think I had them in 12. So shout out to LaMelo ball for, you know, just a great season, my rookie of the year, but good shouts on all fronts. LaMelo, uh, uh, Edwards, Halliburton. I think he, he definitely had a trajectory, but with injury kind of knocked out that possibility. Same thing with James Wiseman. I mean, James Wiseman was a little underwhelming, but I think he's one for the future because he's in a good setup there in, uh, in Golden State. Definitely, definitely. So, so then, Jenna, let me ask you this question then. You know, considering uh, the current situation, the current team situation, and where they are as, as players and, 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 and the players around them and everything, GM and organization and everything, considering everything, between Halliburton, LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, and you know, let's just throw Wiseman in there because he, I feel like he would have been in the, he definitely would have been in the race if injuries wouldn't have yeah. hampered him so much. Between those four guys, who do you see has the most potential to become an NBA All Star? Not just not just pure talent, not off talent, but talent and where they are and situation and the system and yeah. everything. I mean, I think that definitely Wiseman's got the best best setup out of all. I mean, the Warriors are ready to win like next year. They're going to be even yeah. the title when they get Clay Thompson back. So Wiseman's definitely in the best setup. But, uh, you know, who's got the most raw talent and who I think will probably be the best player out of all is probably Anthony Edwards, right? I mean, he's just got immense potential. It's all raw, though. Like, he's a high-risk, high-reward player. He could come out to be great or just be an absolute bust, you know. Uh, um, I think, obviously, you know, he's had a solid enough season to, I guess, not just immediately call him a bust. But... Um, but we'll have to see, you know, 10 years of the line, is he coming off the bench? Because if he is, then that's pretty underwhelming for a number one overall pick. But I think he's definitely got probably the highest upside just because he's just got so much just raw talent, you know? I mean, like you said, he he's, he's like, a, like, a, like a mini baby Dwayne Wade, you know? So yeah. I think that it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he develops. So I got to go. Best setup is Wiseman. Most raw talent is Edwards. Definitely. You know, I, I, I would agree with you. I think that Wiseman definitely is in the, out of all these players in the number one position to, Hey, win now. Hey, we need a player of your caliber. We need a player who, who can get it done on defensive end, but also yeah. do something on the offensive end as well, because of that team is so offensively orientated. Uh, right. But as far as, as far as talent, as far as just pure un, unpolished talent, I got to go with Edwards, man. You know, you, right. you said it best, man, high risk, high reward. Like he definitely is, out of all these players, the highest reward. Like we don't know. I feel like we we can we can see Melo's ceiling. We can see yeah. Halliburton's ceiling. We don't know what Edwards could be. We he could be ten times that, or like how you said, he can be just a nineteen points per game scorer. And if that's the, the case, like he didn't even care about basketball. He's just a good hooper. Yeah, and I'm thinking like man, if you don't care, like are you really going to be that good? If you don't care, that's about the same it? thing I thought. 
especially when you're when you're making millions of dollars you're like man i don't yeah. care about this and i have all this money like i'm not about to go practice you know what i mean exactly and I feel like people who don't care about basketball like that's that's a slippery slope for him so we'll have to see how how he so- stands up We'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see if ears down the line, if we're talking about Anthony Edwards as another Kwame Brown. Hey, bro, sh- don't even oh, say that. I'm not trying to get attacked out here. Not on this podcast, bro. Hey, no, Kwame, you are you are welcomed and loved at this podcast, man. Yeah, man, bro. Like, hey, come man. On, oh, I got a jersey right here, man. <laughs> he said, oh, shit, Kwame, don't talk about Kwame. Yeah, you don't want to get everybody on the socials. <laughs> he coming for everybody, man. Nah, bring oh, on. man. Hey, Kwame, hey, if you want to come on Clutch Talk, you are welcome on Clutch Talk whenever you want, man. Come tell us your truth, man. Come yes, speak sir. <laughs> Listen to all sides here, man. We're friendly. <laughs> you don't need to come at us on Twitter or on Instagram, Kwame. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Enough, enough of talking about Kwame and Becky with the good hair. Let's talk about the defensive player of the year, man. So, Jenner, honestly, in my opinion, this, this uh, award is the second most controversial award, you know, th- this year. You know, first uh, behind the, of course, the MVP. That's always the most controversial award every year. But uh, to me, personally, this is, this is pretty easy, right? You know, I, I've heard a lot of people, you know, go back and forth about this. But to me, this one's pretty easy, man. And when we look at the Defensive Player of the Year award, right, like I look at an overall defense. Who's the, who's the best overall defensive player? Not just okay. rim protection, not just perimeter protection, but really overall, right? And I know it's going to sound super simply put, but this is the way that I have came up with my Defensive Player of the Year and what makes sense to me. And it's simply that I can live with Ben Simmons guarding Rudy Gobert's assignment, but I cannot live with Rudy Gobert guarding Ben Simmons' assignment. That is more trouble to me. And I simply would rather Ben Simmons guard who Rudy Gobert is guarding than have to Rudy Gobert guard Ben Simmons. Yeah. Ben Simmons guard. Because Ben Simmons can guard one through five. Yeah, that's true. But there's only a few players that can guard one through one through five. If you look at that argument, the only players who would ever win this would be Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis and Kevin Garnett. You know, like that. That's it. So, so I think it's 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 definitely a good argument. But I I don't know if you can hinge your entire defensive player of the year on that. Otherwise, you know, nobody else wins it. So it it would it would be a little tough. But I mean, keep going. So 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 to to, to you then, who who do you? Who do you have as defensive player? I have Rudy Gobert. I have Rudy okay. Gobert. I think that this award is only really between Gobert and Simmons. Uh, I respect Draymond's defense, but I think his his better defensive years were a bit behind him. Um, so, I mean, look at Gobert. He's averaging three blocks to go with 0.6 steals. He's got immense defensive presence. He's averaging 10 defensive rebounds a game. Like that's that's extremely useful. When you're out there fighting in the post, you have a person who's going to be 10 of these defenders. 10 of these defensive rebounds a game is pretty, pretty useful. And this type of ability, availability. 71 out of 72 potential games played. That's very, very good. Jazz are third in defensive rating, and Gobert is third in individual defensive rating as well. So it's pretty interesting to, 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 to look at all these stats, and you see, man, he really does get it done in the stat sheet. But then in the eye test as well. You see the way he alters shot is pretty incredible. I think him and Anthony Davis are in a league of their own when it comes to altering shots because they are able to really get up high and block it up high, but they also have the lateral quickness to keep up with a lot of players. Like, sure, you know, they're not going to be able to keep up with a, with, a, with a Steph or a Kyrie. That's, 
It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they can keep up laterally with like better than most bigs. So uh, because of that, I just, I have to go with, 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 Gobert. Gobert as my defensive player of the year this year, just because I feel like he's just been, he's giving you the stats, he's giving you the eye test, he's giving you the defensive presence, and he's just being able to get, get it done. And while I agree that Ben Simmons is a much more versatile player, I think that um, Rudy Gobert just does focus on one thing, which is paint defense, but he does an excellent job doing that. So, so I had to go with him on that. He's a, he's a specialist, paint defender specialist. Give him the specialist badge. Okay, give him a two K specialist badge, All right? So, so, so then, Tuna, let me ask you this. So, I know, I know, you're not saying that you that that you think rim protection is more important than 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 perimeter defense. I know, I know, you're not hinging your entire argument off uh, off off blocks, but right. if you had to pick between having a uh, a player that can lock up in the perimeter or, or, or give you rim protection to you personally, because, you know, like we, we know you're, you're locked in with the NBA. You got, you're the, all the NBA sources you got, you, you know, you're, you got all, all the friends. You're, you're, you're the connection. The players go to you and then you go to Woj. That's how it goes. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I know that you're in, and I know you gotta, you gotta vote for the awards. I know you, you gotta, yeah. you gotta ballot. So I voted take for this into consideration. On every single award. <laughs> take this into consideration, right? On your ballot, do when you're looking at the, at this defensive player of the year, do you look at like, okay, I'd rather have someone that's going to give me rim protection or give me perimeter defense? I'm looking. Look, honestly, it's tough. I'd have to say perimeter defense is more important because you know it's it's easier to score from inside than it is from outside. So you want to keep them at bay as much as possible. Um, and then in, in that in that category, obviously Ben Simmons is a better perimeter defender. Than, than Rudy Gobert, but it's also because Rudy Gobert is seven one, right? Like his body's just not set up to be a perimeter defender. Yeah. Like it's like Shaq. I'm not comparing Gobert to Shaq, but I'm saying Shaq would not give you any perimeter defense. Yet he was one of the best defenders in the game because you just can't get anything past him, right? So ultimately, the the goal is to keep the ball from going inside the hoop, you know. And if you got to do it at the perimeter, if you got to do it at the hoop, then you know do it wherever you need to do it. Do it in full court press, but as long as the ball doesn't go in the hoop. And I think that uh, that Gobert does a really good job doing that in the paint. But to answer your question, perimeter defense is more important. I would I would agree with that statement. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, there there you have it, everybody. That was our uh, our season. Well, not all of the season, man. That was that was, that was three out of the six season awards that we have, man. Today we we went over, you know, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and coach of the year. So, Jinder, man, thank you very very much for coming on, man. It was it was really fun. Oh, I love it. I'm looking forward to more awards. We'll continue the, the Clutch Talk tradition here, the Clutch Talk Awards. Yes, sir, man. So as always, you guys, you know, like, comment, subscribe. If, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure, you know, you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button and uh, hit that bell button so you get a notification whenever we drop a video. If you're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you know, we love our podcast listeners. You know, go ahead and and subscribe to our channel, man. You know, leave, leave us a, a ranking, man. Rank rank our podcast right there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, man. And stay tuned, man. As always, go follow our Instagram. Go follow our Twitter. It's at Clutch Talk One. You know, come debate with us on there. on there. Yeah, we got we got we got some good debates going on on there. We got some good NBA polls, NBA trivia, and all that, man. So. Stay tuned for that. And as always, man, stay tuned for next week's episode. Next week, we got the highly coveted MVP, sixth man of the year, and sure. most improved, man. So that, that one, that one's going to be a real good, exciting debate, man. So stay tuned for that.
But uh, but Junior, man, you got anything to say to the fans? No, just appreciate you having me on. Appreciate these debates, and I'm excited for part two of the Clutch Talk Awards, baby. Let's get it going. Let's get it going, man. All right, y'all. We out of y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.